0: Are you guys ready? Okay. Um, 3, 2, one.
1: Three great Milers and David Ribbage podcast. Hi. Okay. <laughs>
2: it's a, a slow,
1: meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's got to go now. With Josh Kerr. All right, here's David Ribbage. Josh Kerr.
0: David Ribbage.
1: Josh Kerr's for real. Josh Kerr run. on the outside. Way up front now is David Ribbage.
2: Alright
0: guys, welcome back to another episode of Sit and Kick. I'm your host, David Ribich.
2: And I'm your better uh, host, Josh Kerr.
0: Today we're sitting and kicking with our first ever double guest episode. Their wives would agree that they are practically inseparable. When we asked to have one of these guests on, they beg to bring on the other in fear of being ganged up on in the banter bowl. Our two brilliantly handsome guests are none other than the hottest topics in track and field right now. Kyle Merber, a recent front page of the New York Times runner, he's also our first meet director on the podcast, hosting the Long Island Ice Tea Mile better half mr johnny the jet gregoric is son of john gregoric an olympian in <coughs> 1980 and 84 his father ran 351 for the mile which makes john and johnny the fastest father-son duo in history i guess the jet is also known for a blistering 406 mile in blue jeans but his mind is a bit chafed from that so we're going to go ahead and steer every question away from that topic during this podcast boys <laughs> how goes it on this coast that was, oh <laughs>
3: that was a great introduction david uh we're glad to be here after, yeah.
0: yeah, thanks, guys. We'll make sure to make the appearance fee a little bit higher just for the introduction. Um, I know you guys are hard, hard duo to get on, and your agents helped us out to <sighs> land you guys on the pod. Yeah, they're also going to
1: speak for about 15% of this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we kind of want to get um, the ice broken a little bit. You know, there's a lot of nerves in here. I can tell you and Johnny aren't well acquainted, And so <laughs> we're going to start with a little game to warm you guys up, and it's called The Other ore. And how it works, Kyle, is I'm going to ask you a question, and it's going to be Johnny or blank, and you have to choose one. The other one disappears, poofs, gonzo, forever, okay? And then Johnny, vice versa, it's going to be Kyle or blank. So we'll start with Johnny. Ready, Johnny?
1: Um, (laughs) I think we'll figure it out along the
0: way. Here we go. (laughs) So one poofs is gone, disappears forever, okay? So Kyle or the Patriots?
3: Um, The Patriots.
0: Oh wow! Okay, Kyle. The Patriots disappear. You're saying. Yeah, the Patriots disappear. Is that we well,
3: want? With with Patriots? And, and who knows when football is going to come back? And yeah, Kyle's is my man. I oh, run with him every day.
1: I don't need the Patriots. Okay. It's a little bit of a trolley problem because the Patriots are like a hundred people.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> but one.
1: So. Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, so wait! All the
3: people it. on the Patriots' Poof, or just the, the idea <laughs> of the team? All I mean, of all,
2: it. All of it. All the fans mm-hmm. as well. Oh Think of the God. families. You should. You can let me go. No, I'll keep Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah,
0: we'll see if Kyle has the same response. Kyle, the jet himself. Johnny. Yeah, off. I take
1: that one. Coogan's Who? bar. You you Who? you choose the jet oh. and
0: lose Coogan's. <laughs> oh, no, no, no.
1: Oh, uh, Coogan's. Coogan's unfortunately has left us already, so I'm gonna hold on to Johnny.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, Johnny, Kyle, or blue jeans.
2: <laughs>
3: oh man. Uh, you know what, I, me and Blue Jeans had a great life together and I gotta stick with my man Kyle. This is okay, like really no. making me yeah. emotional at I'm like realizing how-
1: much <laughs> you love Blue Jeans. more than I thought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then last one, just because we don't want to just brain-dead you guys romanticizing over each other. So Kyle, for you, Johnny or the Armory?
1: Oh my god. I hope no one from the armory is listening to this podcast, but I'm going to stick with friendship uh, <laughs> through and through. At least we the have boys stick to each I
2: like it. Um, so Dave, Dave thought you would talk um, a lot there. And, you know, he knows you guys a lot better than I do um, because, you know, he continues to talk about how he lived in your house, Kyle. And, and you, know, he, you know, he knows your wife, like the back of his hand and That's your true. guys' relationships. Well, the, with back
1: the back of my hand or his hand or Dave her?
2: Dave knows the back of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a big thing. He doesn't sit in front of you because he's embarrassed. But, you know, he, he likes to think he's part of the Marber family. So I do like to get a word in you know sometimes so you know we, we, we I want to get to know you guys a little bit better so when you guys were in high school choosing colleges and stuff um Dave said that you wrote on your blog um that you almost just coached yourself in high school um you know what was what was that like like you went to a school that um you said was a four by four school kind of and then you were able to coach yourself what was that like and and you know you're like moving in college college situation
1: yeah so i would say um i didn't necessarily coach myself but i had a huge say in the training because my coach was previously a sprint coach and a soccer coach and so i really had to figure things out with him and together we learned about distance running through experiences, literature, and talking to other coaches and going to cross country camps and whatnot. And I think by my senior year, we had a good program in place. And then going to college was, you know, a totally different experience, because all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by a huge team of guys who understand the ins and outs of running. And you're no longer just, you know, the bee's knees. And if you're off your game one bit, you're falling off. And so uh, I was really happy because in high school I was just training by myself for the most part and then you kind of see the power that is training with other people who are also working hard and running fast yeah I think that you've always had a
3: little bit of the spirit of
1: being like
3: independent and knowing kind of what you want out of your training and that's okay I feel like that your roots in it in high school kind of carried out throughout your whole career and I mean, it's always a kind of a joke that like, oh, did Kyle help write this workout? You know, when we like meet for a workout and that sort of thing. But it is helpful to have people who, because there are some people who like to show up, tell me what the workout is. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to think about it. And you got other people who put a lot of thought into it. It's nice to have a little bit of both. Because I'm definitely someone who starting out was just like, yeah, just I'll show up. Tell me what to do. I do it. I go home. And Kyle was like, oh, wait, you know. Yeah. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? And it's kind of a nice. In nice college, thing
1: even, it was kind of yeah. like I was a soundboard by which a lot of guys would express what they were mm-hmm. feeling. And then I would sit down with the coaches and let them know, hey, like, you know, the guys are feeling good, but they feel like they need a little bit more tempo work or, you know, they got to turn over a little bit. And so that that actually nice happened nice at Y as yeah. well. Yeah. I'm a volunteer assisting coach. <laughs> That's kind of where Garrett is at
0: with us. We go to Garrett for a lot of information here on the Beast Team. Um, but we don't know if that's just the, the age number for you guys or or what. But you age dated yourself in your blog when you said I would instant message other athletes in the area for advice. And I don't think I've heard the word instant message in about six years.
1: Oh man, yeah. I would just leave the away message up. Be like, yo, drop your best advice.
2: <laughs> Johnny, what was
1: what was your high school? Because you
0: went, you were, you grew up in Massachusetts, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. okay, and Chicago, your town is around 13,000 people. I didn't do my research, but
3: you're Massachusetts.
0: I read a little bit African. about your history. Yeah, the, the founding fathers of your cities actually has a pretty crazy story, but that's a different thing. Um, so, Johnny, your high school into transition to college, you both went to Columbia. Um, what was that like, I guess, in Massachusetts?
3: Um, well, first of all, I, I culturally associate with the state of Rhode Island um because i grew up right on the rhode island uh massachusetts border and so i would like you to refer to me as a rhode islander from here on out um, understood thank you and uh you know i i uh, i really liked my experience there i obviously you know it's not like it was any sort of powerhouse of running or anything like that but we had that's when my mom went to high school and that sort of thing so my family has a lot of roots there in that town and um, you know I come from a family of runners but I think that the I really just found the joy in the, in the run or the, the fun in running when I was in Seacon and spending my time there and uh, while I had some good influences there from coaches and stuff it was more about just like the social element and meeting really cool people and, and people that Kyle even knows to this day from I have a lot of really awesome characters from my hometown who ran on the team with me and that kind of got that's kind of why I got into the sport in the first first place even though I had all these, Obviously, professional runner parents, and I have, you know, a, a lot of history in the sport uh, throughout my whole family, but it was more about just the the fun I was having there and the and the, the crazy times I had, the fast times at Seacon Kai as they say. Well, you
1: guys also had, I mean, you guys were solid as a cross-country team, yeah. but it seems like the amount of traditions that you guys oh, had, yeah, I don't know if you can share yeah. any that are appropriate, but, like, for a solidish yeah. cross-country team, it seemed like you guys had yeah. some history. Yeah, we had
3: a really good... Uh, really good foundation core guys like throughout i think yeah the 80s and 90s that just created a ton of like wacky traditions that we would follow pretty rigorously up until even when i was there so that was a really cool thing to be a part of there was like uh just a I don't know a lot of crazy nothing even that even that nothing that crazy there was just like a lot of like stories that got like passed down that were kind of like these like fabricated like I don't know, stories about like the team's history that obviously were all like fake facts about the team that we had like their storyteller and they would like tell, they would pass down like the tradition of the team and all these different like rites of passage, like rope swinging to this like gross reservoir and stuff like that. So it was just really nice. It was a great place to uh, be brought up in the sport and uh, just a lot of running on pavement and that sort of thing and callus
2: in my bones. Pounding and, uh, the pavement. A
3: lot of pounding pavement. Not many soft surfaces in the the Providence metropolitan area, but I'm thankful for it.
2: <laughs> so you guys both moved on to Columbia University. Did uh were you guys roommates at all?
1: Uh no, so I'm two years older than Johnny. So I would, I would be say able to tell. Yeah. So uh we, I was living in, you know, the the King's suite by the time Johnny was rolling in on campus in the freshman <laughs> dorms.
2: Was it was yeah. it like a love at first sight with you boys?
1: Well, uh,
3: you know, so I, I went to the this like Reebok Boston invite thing back in high school, and uh, I was like a sophomore, and Kyle kind of was a senior, and, and one of my buddies, uh, Scott, who's one of these, you know, founding fathers of the Seacock uh, tradition, was... <laughs> Go big, Seacocks! Yeah, he was one of the big... Yeah, he's the warriors, David. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, he was, like, one of the guys who really was one of the first big track fans that I knew, and he would follow the sport, and he followed Kyle on, like, Stat and stuff. So Kyle's walking by, and my friend, like, nudges me, and he's like, oh, this kid's, like, an internet star. He's like, watch this. He's like, yo, Murber!" And Kyle, like, looks over, like, super confused, and he's like, what? And then, and then my friend's just like, nice! Or something, just, like, laughs and thinks it's so funny that he, like, looked over. You know, like, 2008 humor. Um... We, we thought that was hilarious, but yeah, and then Kyle went on and was a great runner that I definitely looked up to and and even coming to Columbia, I saw a lot of what I saw my time in high school in the Columbia team just a ton of camaraderie and Kyle was obviously a huge, a huge element of that and obviously he was a
1: really good runner too. so yeah, he was definitely a big
3: part of my decision.
1: Well, I actually knew Johnny's dad probably first yeah because yeah. Johnny's was dad, closer in age.
2: Uh, yeah, so
1: uh, I went to school with his father, um, <laughs> but his dad is from Long Island and is a little bit of a Long Island legend because previous to Ed Chazra had the Sunken Meadow 5K course record, which is a really big deal to all Long yeah. Islanders. And so I'd met Josh. John. Take our word for it, man. Yeah, it's a, huge it's a big, deal. big deal. Yeah, <laughs> a, it sounds like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I met Johnny's dad at a cross country camp and like really. Asked him every question I could think of, and it was that fall, probably after meeting him, that he then introduced me to high school Johnny at a cross-country mm-hmm. meet, and yeah. so, yeah. Manhattan invite. Yeah, so anyway, it and then Johnny kind of sucked his freshman year. It took a little while for him to figure things and out. And sophomore year, even. Yeah, so I didn't really respect him uh, at first. Yeah. So then you were only there with him for the two years that he
0: sucked, because then you, for the fifth year, you went to University of Texas?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly right. <laughs> wow. How did you know that? Um, oh, so I have it, more facts. Yeah. It seemed like once I was gone, then Johnny was finally free to really blossom into his own. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I, I connected that uh, too because Johnny said, I looked up to Kyle.
0: He used it in the past tense um, when he was in high school talking yeah, about yeah, it, it, it. So I assume that still 2017, the same.
1: there was the great flippening in which. Uh, I was not running well, and Johnny started dominating. And then I was like, I look up to Johnny now. I guess I took Tyler my way.
0: I mean, both your Wikipedia bios say you're six feet, and I know that's a lie for um, both of you. One of them is higher,
1: one of them is lower. But <laughs> Johnny's um, definitely six one, and I'm definitely five eleven and seven eight. <laughs>
0: um, So for your fifth years, I actually want to talk about your fifth years. So you went to University of Texas, Johnny. You went to Oregon. Was there separation anxiety? From what I'm hearing, probably not but how did you guys choose your fifth year schools? Cause um, we have a lot of, of high school audience and they, they want to know about like the high school transition. And then if you're at a university and you want to go somewhere else, how does that work? So what was your guys' decision making process moving forward to your fifth year? Cause that's only one more year of eligibility.
3: Well, um, yeah, I think that we were such a tight knit group at, at Columbia and it's, it's sometimes hard to see yourself anywhere else, but again, it's pretty unique uh, in the sense of the Ivy league situation and that you can only run for four years there. And then they kind of, you have to go somewhere else. If you're going to continue running, you have to graduate in four years. So, um, you know, that was, that's a little bit different than I think a lot of other people's experiences because I, I, so I didn't leave Columbia because I was on bad terms or anything like that. And obviously in a lot of people's situations, they're not in the right fit. And I've talked to plenty of people in my life who made a transfer and it was hundred percent the right decision because of, a million types of reasons of why they shouldn't have gone to their old school. But in this case of Columbia, it was just my time was run out. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Andy Powell at Oregon was a, a close affiliate of Columbia. He had volunteered with the team uh, back in the early 2000s, I think. And, and I was kind of just had a close connection with our, our coach at the time at, at Columbia. And so it was a pretty s- seamless transition. A lot of the training was very reminiscent. I think at Columbia, they, he had spoken with Powell a lot and gotten ideas from him. So it was really a, a flawless a transition to going out to Oregon. And it was obviously a big change when it came to going to a school like a powerhouse school where they really care about the sports and and that sort of thing. Um, and so that was you know a, a tone change, but it was a lot of fun and it was cool to be with a new kind of a new team with a new mindset where. You know, the, the camaraderie was camaraderie was still strong at Oregon that people are there to like win national titles, you know, not not just like to have a good time. So it was it was pretty sweet to be to be a part of that and to kind of feel like that helped me get to another level It's kind of like a stepping stone towards being a professional. No way was I ready going from Columbia. Um, I was probably ready to get like a good job. That would have <laughs> been cool. But I uh, but not like, ready to be a professional runners. So. <laughs> I'm glad I went to Oregon, where they really <laughs> kicked me in the the right direction to pro running, and uh, and yeah, so it was a, it was a great step, and and yeah, I, I was really lucky that it was that seamless, honestly, and that it, it all worked out that well, and because I know a lot of people aren't that aren't that uh, fortunate.
1: Yeah, I think at Columbia we probably were very jealous always of the big schools, being like, yeah. I can only imagine how yeah. great it is to like not have to. Make your own ice bath after practice. and <laughs> I think things have changed at Columbia, but when I was there the first couple of years, it was like literally someone's job who got paid by the athletic department. I think as like a student yeah. job to make our ice bath for us. Um, and then all of a sudden, like I went to the University of Texas, and there's two gigantic tubs, and it's like, which one am I going to go in today? Like. <laughs> There's so many options. So Kyle's
3: decision was mostly ice
1: tub based. <laughs> yeah. like with
2: ice You're a big ice tub guy then, Kyle? Uh, no, because wow. I was
1: hurt more than I'd ever been hurt in my life while at he Texas. And now I absolutely, under no circumstances, go in ice baths. <laughs> uh, but, so I think for us, like, we always were wondering how the other half lived. And so I wanted to experience it and see what the perks of a football school would provide. And I think... You know, I had a great experience. I met tons of really cool people who I'm still friends with today. But I think my big takeaway is that the bells and whistles really don't matter as much as you think that they do. That um, in terms of experience, like there's nothing better than living with your best friends and eating at the dining hall with them every day and going on runs. And if you want to work hard, you can work hard anywhere. It doesn't have to be like because someone put a certain logo on you or yeah you know gave you free stuff like that that stuff doesn't really matter
3: you always say like the happiest runner is the
1: fastest runner i wake up every morning i said it this morning
3: he always says it i always remember (laughs) mantras for him and i repeat them when he forgets them so uh the yeah the happiest runner is the fastest runner i think it's like so true and a lot of times and yeah you just you know the bells and whistles are great and but i'd say that even the best runners don't depend on them Except for the snack shack situation, I don't know what the snack situation was, where you guys went to school like, like the post run, like the fact that there was free snacks. Yeah, was just financially. Round or helped. Yeah, it's amazing. So did you get yeah, that, that was
0: that was non-existent food. for me. So yeah. um, I don't have any. Josh, I don't. Did you have a snack shack?
2: Yeah, but it was mostly peanuts. and uh, <laughs> Peanut allergy, so it was the worst thing ever. Yeah. I had a tough time with it. I should have transferred to somewhere with better snacks. Um, but <laughs> how do you handle it? We your had a solid ice
1: Is that difficult?
2: It's it's okay. I mean a lot of athletes for some reason like peanut butter or whatever. I've never had it before. I think it's a big hype thing. Um but yeah, it's 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 reasonably like easy to What? Almond butter? Um, I'm technically not allergic to almonds, which I found out when my girlfriend fed me them by accident. Um oh. Because Josh so, doesn't feed
0: himself either. He is typically spoon fed everything. No, I was
2: uh, I was eating a macaroon, and apparently it has almond flour in it. Oh. I never had a macaroon in my life. That's
1: pretty good.
2: Yeah, it was. It's a solid. It was a solid snack. And then we found out afterwards that it was uh filled with almond flour. So and I was macaroon like, oh, macaroon
3: or good. macaron? Like the little sandwich thing, or the little like,
2: or like a macaroni yeah no, it was uh, it's one of those uh, oh, cool. louis sandwich things yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, is that a mac- macaron
3: well there's like a macaroon which is like a <laughs> which is like a, a like a coconut based cookie correct yeah it's french
1: no No. (laughs) Oh, no, the macaroni. Yeah, 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 I do. I do. Kyle's
3: trying to pretend like he's trying to. Oh, I'm I'm getting
1: confused. All right. So, anyway, Josh. (laughs) Columbia degrees. Cal Cal
0: has a Columbia degree, as both of you do, but he's really flexing it.
1: (laughs) So, Josh, if one of your competitors, I'm asking for a friend, accidentally started eating peanuts with like 400 meters to go Mm -hmm. and you were right next to them, what happens? Does that help them and their odds?
2: see this is exposing so i'm gonna go with no comment um so yeah it, i was actually worried about bringing this up on the podcast because I, I did think this was going to come up um please don't eat nuts around me on a rest because
1: yeah. i died um, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy that peanut <laughs> breath
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, we
0: had Jake Whiteman on two episodes ago, and he talked about eating his, like, peanut butter bagel on the way to world championships, and then rem- remembering, like, on the bus to the world championship, Josh has a peanut allergy, and he's like, maybe it was a tactic,
2: so. Yeah. Uh, he was, like, legit sitting, like, the seat beside me, and then just starts eating his sandwich, and I think he then realized, he was like, oh, shit, I should probably sit in the back of the bus you get
3: here. like, a throat.
2: Uh, no, like I, it was, he was far enough away and he realized before he started eating it, he was like, ah, yeah, I'm just going to go to the back of the bus. I was like, oh, you okay. could maybe not eat it, but you know, yeah. so, uh, <sighs> well,
1: you know, Whatever uh, works. Whatever this works. is a fun anecdote about eating on the buses that has nothing to do with anything, but <laughs> I was in a, I was at a race in Japan. The Ivy league has this really cool thing that after you graduate, you get to like potentially get selected to go do an echidn. Versus all the college teams in Japan and they kick your ass and it's a great time. That's like a big relay, like a road, a road race. Mm. You like hand a, like a sash for those. I don't know if anyone listening
3: doesn't you know what an ekiden is.
1: Or Japanese. Yeah, I like, don't like, know what an ekiden is, but that. I nodded as if I knew. Okay. So um, how I get through life. It's a relay race, but like on the road. But it, yeah. That, oh. You know, it's whatever, hundred miles
3: long or something. It's like you know, a long relay
1: and on the way to the race, they're like, don't, on the bus there that morning, they're like, don't worry. Like we'll provide breakfast. Like there's no worries at all. Like you don't have to bring. And we got on the bus and they brought us McDonald's and our options were like shrimp burgers. And <laughs> needless to say, I think it was uh, the, our downfall of teams because like our team did terrible because everyone was eating a shrimp burger for breakfast before sure. it was <laughs> So. so, you, so you yeah.
0: learned there that shrimp burger is not going to be uh, something you don't
2: Yeah, It's no. not a staple in the diet.
0: Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You asked how Josh handles a peanut allergy. He actually handles it by reminding everybody on the team at all times that he has a peanut allergy. So, like, everyone just gets rid of their peanuts when he comes to Seattle. I remember being in Albuquerque and I had like a bad workout or a bad day, and we go to a Walmart. And I was like, oh, dude, man, the Snickers bar looks really good. So I get a Snickers bar. I get in the car. I'm like, pretty pouty. No, no, no.
2: Rephrase that. You get in my car. I get in oh. Josh's,
0: car.
2: Get in Josh's and then, wait, car. And he's coming back to my house where he's staying. And I'm oh. coming back
0: to his house where I'm staying. And I'm just like, having a bad day. I just want the Snickers bar. And he goes, dude, what are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? I just like, I need a pick me up. Like, I just feel like shit. And he's like, but you're eating peanuts in my car. He kicks me out of the car and makes me eat it in the parking lot. And then I throw away the wrapper, like six garbage cans away. And then I get back in the car. So it's like Josh gets through by making everybody else feel it? feel the allergy as well. Yeah, I, I ate it. I
2: ate it and go back in my
0: car. I did. I just held my breath. The- we history. need to
1: pause the podcast so you two can work this out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we have we have a. a- a reel at the end where we come back on and talk about how terrible the episode was and how much I have to take out. So, which is something we forgot to remind you that if you say anything that you guys don't want in the podcast, don't worry, we can take it out. Um,
2: we don't expose you on anything. We have a lot of people on the on the podcast that needed to take stuff out that could have exposed them for some stuff that we won't say yet, but we'll have a specific episode for that. Cool. But let's we'll get start. back Let's get back All to the run right. inside I think. All right, boys. Yeah. So we've got a Hoka yeah, back, athlete back, and back. an Asics athlete. You know how how's that? How is that? Like you know, when speaking to Asics about you know training groups, was it difficult to negotiate running with it with a Hoka group, Johnny?
3: Uh, well, so when I left uh, Oregon and originally uh, started running for Asics, I, I went out to the New Jersey New York Track Club, and they didn't have a an affiliation uh, or like a sponsorship or anything like that. It was just sort of a you know United Nations of of <laughs> sponsorships and, and people so we uh you know there wasn't any trouble there it, it worked great and then eventually you know the, the club it's nice that they were able to pick up uh, a sponsor to help you know with that all their financing and stuff and and it was hoka and and hoka was you know glad to let me stay because obviously the, the system here was working great for me and i had kind of built a life in the northeast and um And so I was able to stay and then ASICS was also uh, okay with it. So that's always been, it's always been a great, a great situation and a great relationship. I obviously still, you know, fulfill my loyalty and obligations with my own brand and stuff. And I just, when the photo shoots happen for those guys, I just stay out of the way. And then, uh, yeah, it all works out pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think there's just a mutual benefit to uh, having good milers in your training group. And I think both recognize it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say
0: because Johnny – Johnny, well, both of you combined with your, your mile times and things are kind of like the the heads of the Hoka New York, New Jersey Track Club. Did I say that right? Hoka New York, New Jersey Track Club? New Jersey, uh, Oh, Hoka New Jersey, New York Track Club. Um, thanks. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I, I definitely agree with you, and that's kind of like the same thing. I feel like it's just like an added training partner to your dynamic. Um, and then with these last few months, um, solo running has kind of been the norm. Have you guys – like? Um, revisioned your training have you figured out that you're more solo athletes or are you guys more group athletes when it comes to buildups and mileage
1: yeah I think uh, it's funny because I actually was saying this to Johnny the other day and you know in the very beginning we obviously when New York was really bad we kept our separate ways and whatnot and I know there's like a couple specific runs that were really funny where we were just passing each other on the trail yeah and then as things like loosened up a little bit we it was basically just Johnny and I would meet up and we both were like, all right, well I'm not leaving my home except to run with you. If you don't leave your home (laughs) except to run with me. And I think uh, that was a, that was a way for us to be able to get through just emotionally and mentally with the training. But I was saying yesterday that sometimes it's really nice when you do get an opportunity to work out alone because you get to kind of dictate how things Mm -hmm. go and you always walk away from a workout And maybe compare yourself to how other people were feeling or how did they do? Did you get dropped? Were you the one dropping? And sometimes when you're alone, it's nice because you just always, you're just like, well, I felt good. So I'll just (laughs) assume I would have dropped everyone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So with um, obviously you're in different brands, and uh, you know we're we're Brooks, and and you know you've got all the Nike athletes, uh, Adidas athletes, and stuff. Do, do you feel like every runner just believes their brand is the best? I feel like whenever I speak to like a Nike athlete, they're like, oh, we get this and that and this, and then well, us at Brooks, we're like, well, you know, we have such an amazing team that gets together so well, and and then you've got the Hoka athletes that are obviously you know love the training partners, love their company. So like, do you feel like everyone's just kind of brainwashed by their own? Company? company being like, yeah, we're the best. Uh, well, I know when I
1: graduated and was looking for a sponsor and the sorting hat was put on my head, it yelled, Hoka! And then ever since, it's been like <laughs> a match made in heaven. So
3: yeah, I think that's, I think, you know, we are, at the end of the day, contracted to, you know, be like promoters of our brands and I would say that I feel like, blessed and lucky that i truly believe that i love these products and i do love the people there it's like i i mean that i mean that from the bottom of my heart so i don't know uh i mean i don't think i'm brainwashed but i guess that is that something a brainwashed person would say i,
2: don't know.
1: I think yeah. um some people really i mean there's some people who just want to be completely left alone and just they want stuff and they want to get their paycheck and they just want to train and that's it. And then you have other people who really like being part of a brand and being super involved in the company and you know working on the shoe development and this and that and I know like personally with Hoka it was something especially when I signed with them in 2014 that was really fun to grow with them and be a part of that and that's something that I personally was really attracted to when looking for a shoe company because you know it was a chance for me to grow my brand alongside them and i know for other people that that's not necessarily what they envision with their relationship and they want to be left alone and have no distractions of any sort and it's just like i'll wear your jersey and run fast so person to person
0: with the benefits of a smaller company um what are some of the perks that you guys get with um working with asics and working with hoka like johnny for instance um you had that pair of track spikes for your your mile race we're not going to talk about it if you're in blue jeans or <laughs> no not. one cares um, what
1: he wore he could have worn anything just that yeah. mile you did
0: so um, yeah so let's talk about those like how how cool is it for Asics, and how cool is it to just be kind of um be behind the scenes and they must have been spikes. quite
2: slow spikes if you didn't break four in them like what was
0: <laughs> <What's that?
2: laughs> i said they must be quite slow spikes if you didn't break four in them it oh, was just man. a normal mile range. They must be quite slow spikes if you didn't break four. Oh, the, the one that the Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: well, those were, uh, yeah, those were awesome. And, and they're just kind of like a remodeling of uh, the same spikes I've run my mile PR in. So I think they're good spikes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know my mile PR. But uh, I think that the genes are really slowing me down mostly.
2: Oh, it was uh, the G. It was the blue yeah. jean. My okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Should yeah, mention yeah. it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, you know, the blue jeans. Uh, they were Levi's, and uh, and the good people of Levi's uh were very supportive of me. So I won't knock them, but I think it's just a matter of fact that the denim is
1: not the most aerodynamic. That wasn't or, their goal. It's not what they're built for. Yeah. they're just not built for. Like, they're mile they're built for like riding horses yes. and yes. herding sheep. Yeah. So uh. <laughs> Yeah, it was just it's, – it's one of
3: those things. But I, those spikes were, were awesome and, uh, you know, it was, it was a great thing of Asics to have done. It's, again, a great example of uh, them being a great company and, and made up of good people who do nice sentimental things like that. So I'm glad to be part of a, a tight-knit group and not, you know, a, a cog in a large machine or anything like that.
0: You did a post about riding to your running shoes. Um, is Asics an acronym? It is. What's, yeah. what's it? What's it stand
3: for? Uh, anima, Sana, Incorporate Sana, which is a sound mind and a sound body. in Latin. Yeah. That's cool. You,
1: you guys, guys speak,
0: speak Latin.
3: You guys want to speak Latin.
0: Pig Latin? No, I've never spoken pig Latin. I can speak horse Latin, but um, yeah, the Latin dialect was something I never studied in my school. It was just really bad Spanish, and I cheated on it. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's 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 the acronym, David and Thank you. Uh, you want me Taking to get nuts. more into
0: it brooks is also an acronym that's what i wanted to know
2: really You're yeah kidding. please do not attempt this dave You're yeah uh, it
0: up. yeah it's uh best runners on our cool <laughs> s- solar system you know so it's cool just with like a k. yeah cool with the a k <laughs> uh, yeah so we have two segments coming up they're a little bit more individualized for you guys um, we have joking with Johnny, which is going to obviously have Johnny be the focus of the questions, and then we have kicking with Kyle. So, you know, a little alliteration, a little wordplay, no acronyms. We're not as clever as ASICs, but we still have a little bit of uh, creativity left in our brains for the podcast. So we're going to go into joking with Johnny. Um, what do I do? What? You think
3: Kyle can joke? I oh,
0: can yeah. joke. Yeah, I can You, can joke.
3: It. It. you think I Yeah,
0: you, you can joke, um, but the alliteration, if, if we would have said joking with Kyle, it just didn't sound as... Sound as cool. We could have said cool with Kyle with another K, but that'd also be illiterate. So, However, in this moment, Kyle, we want you to be included. If you have any um, jokes or anything that you want to like add on to what we're talking about, you can be a host in this scenario and also lean into the shoulder of Johnny. And then Johnny, when Kyle's going, you can do the same. Um, so, Johnny, yeah. how did you meet your uh, missus? Uh, you two seem very much in love.
3: Oh, my gosh, David. First of all, thank you for bringing this up. Right. Uh, my wife, Amy, and I met when we were in high school, actually. Uh, high school sweethearts. So we've nice. been, we've been uh, dating since we were so- 16 years old sophomores. And, uh, yeah, we met in uh, in class, in chemistry class, I think was the, the place where a lot of people like to make the joke that there was chemistry. Mm. Um, I'll scratch that one off immediately. You can go ahead and edit that right out. And, uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I did all sorts of romantic gestures and left everything you can think of the high school, the high school sweetheart playbook, I, I pulled it out, a lot of writing conversation topics on the inside of my hand when I walk up to talk to her, a lot of notes being sent in through lockers and things like that, writing to her through the new school newspaper, everything you've got to do to lock down the most beautiful girl in the
1: seacock. <laughs> <the> probably <proper laughs> metropolitan <area. laughs>
3: And, and we are happily married. Uh, you know, that, that was uh, 12 years ago we started dating. We were married a year and a half ago. And she's just right over in the other part of the room waving, smiling. And, uh, yeah, things are great. We have, a, we have a pet rabbit named Yoda. And I think that I'm living the American dream.
1: <laughs> One of the, I think Amy deserves mention alongside other great investors like Warren Buffett for seeing the potential that Johnny had at <laughs> such a young age and buying yeah. in low. Yes. And yes. I'm just waiting for her to sell high uh, today. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, she didn't miss the boat. She can get out and get her profit. But... No, yeah. Was, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah Amy, Amy loved me before running and before my dashing looks came. About, before I grew into these feet of mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah that's that's the story of, of Amy and I I could go for hours but you know you know we don't have
2: enough time <laughs> makes sense you're uh so you're, your dad was an Olympian was there any pressures pressures doing uh starting running and, and being in the sport and you know we don't need to stay no, my dad so, wasn't an Olympian
3: <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean I have a lot of actually runners in my family. Like, so my dad, great, awesome runner, lots of cool stories. My mom was an, an amazing runner at Georgetown and, and beyond, and a, a really a stud at Seacock High School as well. And uh, my grandfather. Oh, blogs
2: for the high school.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, I really like go Seacocks, like my town, and uh, and yeah, just my grandfather ran like. 43 marathons and my great aunt actually was in the 1936 olympics like where in berlin and ran like in front of like hitler and stuff like that so i have like a ton of jesse uh,
1: owens maybe you've heard of her yes yeah, she,
3: <laughs> she was friends with jesse owens um and and so there's i have a rich uh, a rich history and in, in family history in the sport and i've never felt any pressure at all to kind of get into it and and have to be a part of it myself I, I spent a lot of time around it growing up like going to track meets and, and kind of just following my parents around and traveling all over and, and I knew it was special I knew what they did was special and rare and I had an appreciation for it but I had no desire to to do it and it, really it's just the people I've met the people like Kyle and the people you know the friends I've made and that sort of thing that have really kept me in it obviously the that was what kept me you know introducing myself to the sport but the running fast and stuff has been a nice has, has been a nice cherry on top but no yeah just, uh, and no pressure no pressure really at all
0: <laughs> yeah we um yeah so with the I wanted to make another joke but I feel like the whole no, go um, ahead, David. Let let no, it, no, we're fine.
3: I could have swore this is called joking with Johnny so let's let it let's no let
0: no we're, we're gonna go full professional mode
2: um, no I'll, I'll say it um, so Dave had this written down, but he doesn't have the balls to say it. He said, <laughs> so you made the world final in uh, 2017, and you went on and ran 349 in the mile Diamond League final, and then you ran 406 in the, in the Blue G mile. Was that like a pretty easy trajectory, down? is w- what he was going for?
3: <laughs>
2: yes, um, <that>. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> the
3: answer is yes. I I think that those are all highlights of my career. It's just it didn't take you that long to get through all the highlights, which is just concerning. Um but no, it, it's you know, I'm glad to have I'm glad to be writing this writing this down. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, your um your final in your USA final in twenty seventeen though, in all seriousness was probably one of the craziest finals that um I've seen on YouTube. I mean, I'm not gonna say if, I'm not going to talk about myself, the fact that I was in it and I got dusted by you, but when I rewatched really? it. Yeah, I was in it. I don't know if you knew college that. uniform. Yeah, I was in my college uniform. Um, yeah. It was my first USA final. For you, though, uh, Johnny, um, you were in, like, DFL with 300 meters to go, and then you ran, like, 38 or 39 for, like, the last 300 and just blew by everyone. Was yeah. was What was the, the thought process with, like, 300 to go, 200 to go, 100 to go? I know that was three years ago, and you're probably going to have to make up some things, but – was there any doubt with a lap to go that you weren't going to make a team?
3: Um, well, you know, going into that, I was in a great place with running and, and everything. And I was in, in great shape. And I had every full belief that I had the ability to make the team. Um, and I would say that, you know, I, I ran that race with the intent of making the team. And I was well positioned. And I think with 600 years ago, I got really like knocked around um, as you do. And I, I ended up like getting spat out towards the back with like 500, 450 to go. And I just basically told myself, I'm just going to go crazy for a lap and just catch as many people as I can and just get as much out of it as I could. And that just ended up being getting third, which I was grateful to have happened, but it wasn't like, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment and, and that it's all, it's all a blur and you're just doing, everything you can to beat as many people as you can and and run as fast as you can so that's all I was doing and I just uh, I think a lot of people yeah have said like what were you, what was going through your mind what were you thinking what were you saying to yourself and it's just like anyone you guys know like four yeah. years in the race I'm just like, <laughs> like you know, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing yeah. in my mind except like go 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 and I just remember catching people and, and certain times you know with the way things worked out whether people went too early or whatnot I just was flying by people it was a hot day and I was just uh, nice and loose as a goose, and I was ripping around those turns. And I just remember they were coming back easy that day. Some days they don't come back It's quite as
0: easy. And, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Dave, and, Dave's trying to figure out how you can be last with 300 to go and actually win a race.
0: Yeah, I'm actually taking notes. This has been recorded. Not We're not even going to publish this. This is just for my own personal notes.
2: Yeah,
3: My I next
0: would, book, really uh, Kicking with the Jet and Kyle Merber. Yeah.
3: I, would, I would generally uh, – yeah, I like that, David. I like that you're an author, by the way. That's really cool. Uh, but, no, I – General, are you ripping
0: into me? Is this the banter ball? Are you ripping into the fact that I've written that, or are you dead serious? Because I need no, the affirmation.
3: I'm dead serious. Um, yeah, I appreciate let me, let me finish.
0: <laughs> let me finish? Uh, so, yeah, I won't interrupt. I won't interrupt. Bad host. Go for it. So I think that in general,
3: if I can give you a word of advice, it seems like everyone, this is what everyone wants to do. And, every, and it's easier said than done. Everyone wants to be in second place for like 95% of the race, and then just like, move into the lead in the last hundred meters and win um but you know it's uh you got 13 guys well 12 guys who all want to do that it's not so easy so I would just say try to put yourself up there towards the front right Dave right,
0: right Josh. Yeah. <laughs> right Josh Josh has never let a race that's what we've quickly realized as well from having guests on the the podcast so he has definitely taken notes yeah. um Gosh. so some yeah we want to oh fun facts about Johnny Johnny you're a Victorian and an eagle scout
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Very can, impressive. you going to make
3: more comments about me being on the decline, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. You like, started I, very I, high with Valve yeah, yeah. and went downhill. Time, yeah, yeah. But so the one I, thing that has been consistent is your love life with Amy. So that is at least something yeah. to be proud of. Um, yeah. So now we're going to take away Johnny. He can leave the call. It's just us three boys hanging out, kicking with Kyle. Kyle, we started with love, with Johnny. We're going to hit you with the same thing did you and Patricia get together because you quickly found out that no
1: American girls would find you attractive? Oh my gosh, David. All right. So first off, thank God that Patricia didn't find you first. <laughs> I think at the time you would have been a little, uh, how old are you? you would I was probably 14. Months. Yeah. yeah maybe. It would have been a little questionable, but, uh, <laughs> no. So she, uh, What am I supposed to answer that question? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I did okay with American girls. Did okay. Seems like you're kind of down. He was 14. He used knock knock jokes to pick up (laughs) girls. And I bet she would have loved it.
0: Yeah, so I guess, Kyle, um, your love life, your wedding, we could talk about your wedding because you invited a lot of uh, American milers out there to Ireland with you. Um, So, what was the build up to that race? Or, I guess, you won that race. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and uh yeah just your love life you know this is a love podcast
1: okay um all right i thought it was about running but uh so my wife and i met actually i was in maine going to the senior my senior year of college and i was just up there training all summer with a few other guys i wasn't invited johnny was too young um but like it wasn't that (laughs) riley masters was there who you guys probably know chris darry Eric Vining and Mark Feigen, we made a little documentary called The Real Maine. Uh, we've submitted to the Cannes Film Festival and we're still waiting to hear back. But it was. I think it's the con. Is con it con? Cannes? Definitely not the cans. Uh, Jamie, look that up for us. Um, <laughs> gosh, got it. Um, and I, uh, yeah, so I like invited some friends up and they asked if they could bring their friend and I asked for a picture only half joking. And I was like, yeah, she can definitely come. And when we hung out that weekend, we hit it off and we dated for a while. And then we got married in Ireland and we had something like 20 sub four milers at the wedding or something like crazy. Like it was a very elite church. (laughs) I would say in Ireland where we got married and, uh, yeah, I mean, I still like shook by your question a little bit, but that's what happened. It was a really fun time. It was, uh. What
0: was your experience like at Kyle's wedding? <laughs>
3: oh my gosh. We are fully tangented. Uh, this and, is more interesting and though. And I'm in. Um, all right, so. <laughs> the world record for Guinness is drank in a day. <laughs> Must have gone down by not necessarily me just by like a collective group of people um it was the irish really know how to have a great time and so i would say like all these you know whatever all these good milers and runners and there's significant you know, others were just being kind of shown the ropes by irish the irish <laughs> and it was about i would say uh, if i could really break it down i would say the partying lasted 16 hours are
1: Scottish just, weddings like that, yeah. <laughs> Josh? Like we went until like five until it was like light out. It's yeah, like five. Right. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. It, yeah, it just slowly but surely like whittles down to like the closest family, yeah. right? And friends. The last, like, all, like, the last you're one standing. Yeah. yeah.
3: It was pretty sweet. It was really it was really amazing. And I uh, I was so I was so excited I proposed to Amy like a month after that wedding. Honestly. They're <laughs> like, we should get married. Was that like, that was, fun. was fun. We should do that.
2: <laughs> 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 well to, to bring Kyle back into his own segment. Um, I, I I would like to say that D- Dave takes a lot of um, takes a lot from your social medias, and I think Dave wanted me to ask you if there's any way you could run his social media so it would actually be quite funny, and he'd he'd get the following that he thinks he deserves.
1: Oh man, see, all right. First off, flattered, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I would say my advice in general, David, is just be yourself because you know, it's it should hopefully come relatively effortless like I would say mm-hmm. I, I would hope that my social media never comes off as trying too hard and I probably never spend much more than like a minute thinking about a tweet and you have some great off-the-cuff jokes and you know people <laughs> oh, deserve to hear them and yeah so I don't know I think like you can tell when people are just really over curating their social media content and then it's just like, well, we're trying to get to know you. That's the entire point, uh, at least in my view, of professional athletes on social media. So then when you put, like, so much thought into every single thing that the public sees, then it's just not authentic.
0: Okay. Notes, notes taken. I also, I also also want to talk, take notes on uh, your ability to run 1,200-meter legs because you were the 1,200-meter leg on the world record relay. Yeah. Um, it wasn't especially
1: so- bad, it was tactical.
0: <laughs> it was tactical?
1: Yeah. It's always your, tactical. your leg was? Uh, I mean, every toe so, uh, leg in DMR history. That's true. <laughs> that
0: is true. And you guys ran 9.15, correct? Yeah. Um, so talk about that experience and then also like if DMR should be implemented into like World Championships and Olympics because they have 4x4 relays, they have 4x1 relays, but a distance showcase relay would also be something cool. Would you agree yeah. or talk about it?
1: I think it's a shame that the world relays, you know, which started out as this carnival and had an opportunity for distance runners to do some races that we wouldn't normally do like the four by 1500, the DMR and the four by eight. And they just slowly got rid of all of them and they were consistently like the most exciting races there. And I think that at the very least, like the four by eight deserves to be in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, You know, it's just, uh, you're still going, and the DMR is the same way. Like the 4x15, I understand it doesn't, it, sometimes that gets really stretched out, but a 4 by and a DMR are so competitive the entire time, especially the DMR, the amount of lead, like lead changes that are happening, that I think um, it's just something that any casual viewer could get behind. And so um, I would be willing to give up my world record if it, meant that it was in the olympics and got broken that's
2: cool joint joint doesn't seem very convinced
1: oh you mean okay yeah like moving forward what do you mean yeah i got you like now i'm okay with it like that time like i i let the brooks Beast.
3: yes break the Mm. four by
1: mile record it was (laughs) um you know like here you guys can have it i had my time with it but for the good of the sport like let's you know keep raising the bar Uh, lowering the bar but yeah lower it uh yeah, but it's kind of um, like it's raising during it's the time, but raising. The- yeah, your- touche.
0: touche, tomato, uh, tomato. <laughs> so you you run the Long Island Mile. Um, not like liter. Well, I guess literally, you run I the Long Island Mile, yeah. but you also run the Long Island Mile. You are the meat director. Um, so there was an article that you did in 2017 with Kittyus Mag. Um, that talked about what makes a great meat for an athlete perspe- from an athlete perspective. Um, so. Just for our podcast as well, what is it like to put on a race and what do you wish athletes knew more of um, going into a meet?
1: Yeah, I um, I think the thing that I learned about putting on a meet is just how much the field is constantly changing is probably the number one thing. I remember the first year I was like, all right, like we got our field and like, it's set in stone. And then in the final three weeks before a race, it's like unbelievable how many people are coming in and out.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I can only imagine, you know, at diamond leagues and such, like how much that field is constantly being changed. And I, I've luckily learned to price that in to the number of people I'm accepting into the field. But even still, it's like, the day of the race, it's like someone's dropping out or someone's just, you know, has something pop up. And um, and so I think another big thing that a lot of athletes don't necessarily com- get communicated, and this maybe comes more from, like, the local community-type races, is, but, like, what is the goal of the race? You know, like, for me, the, the big goal of the meet is always to positively impact and like influence the high schoolers that are there like it's a community thing like i hope people run fast that's great but i really personally would value more someone who finishes the race and takes the time signing autographs and meeting kids and we'll go to a community event and speak with them at a running store in my own community like that's the goal of the event and um i think if we can get that communicated sometimes better then we can more like execute it a little bit better and sometimes it is like let's just run fast and that's the whole goal um and sometimes it's we want people to break four minutes for the mile for the first time or how many people can we get under and so uh, this
3: is definitely an awesome like interaction with the community more so than most events that yeah i've done and obviously just yeah hanging out with all the kids on the infield after is so cool i remember ford palmer Signing a kid's soccer ball and like, <laughs> punching it into just into the next solar system. And like, they loved it. it. They loved it. I like, thought it was hilarious. like, dude, we you have a good time after
2: this. That. This experience sounds so fun. I wish I'd been invited.
1: Oh, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just. I'm not very good with the community, to be fair. I understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're scared. We'll talk about.
2: Yeah. You I'm are no David Rivich. You I'm have no yeah,
0: yeah. You you are no me, but I will say that I, Kyle, before the race, um. Because like I've been to Long Island Mile, I stayed with a terrible host family, had a bad race, but you know I'm just kidding, had a decent race, bad host family. Um, and Kyle was going into it, and he was saying, after the race, there's going to be a bunch of high school kids approaching you for autographs, for all these things. Man, I didn't get a single autograph. So in my bio, the next time I run it, I'm going to say, please bombard me with autograph asks because I missed it the first time around. I don't know if people just thought I was one of the high schoolers in a uniform or what, but I well, didn't get a single autograph. And that was like your big claim to the Long
1: Island Mile. A shout-out a to you, though, is that that next morning – despite um, everyone kind of having a late night at the after party, you woke up bright and early and met with a local team and spoke to them about your book and signed autographs and went on a run with them. So I think, you're a, think you're, a good guy. you're a good guy. I would <laughs> endorse before. you.
2: There it is.
1: <laughs> For the book.
2: I um, can't believe you did. Did you not bring books to the, to the race, Dave?
0: No, um, I had like a limited amount of packing, you know, and I was just... Yeah,
2: I, I. And they're probably didn't sold out it. as well, right?
0: They're all sold out. Just yeah, sold I, out. I only have like yeah. 60 of them in my closet right now, taking up space. So if you guys want to buy my book, Small School, Big Dreams, just Is there text me.
1: Audio book yet? That uh,
0: I mean, you hear my voice over the podcast. I don't know no, if you'd be okay. able to. I do not want to bring.
1: I would say maybe Josh should read it.
0: <laughs> More of like a Lord of the Rings esque vibe. <laughs> One of oh, you, yeah. I
1: would say, has the perfect voice for a podcast, and the other has a perfect face for a podcast, and I'll use. it, I use it <laughs> That's that's a good
0: Thanks, Matt. <laughs> well, well, it seems as though you're getting a bit banterish. So, Josh, you want to introduce the final segment of the podcast? I used it too early.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we're here. So uh, we've never had two people on at the same time. So I just wanna—I I would say I'd open the floor for for throwing any banter anywhere. Um, you know, we'll start us off, but. You know even even we gave you guys a heads up about this banter bowl segment and you already threw some stuff in, in the group chat that we have and you know i think we do you want to start with that dave do you want to start with their their amazing their amazing yeah. intros already to the banter bowl yeah
0: i mean we'll skip the part where kyle asked how much he has to drink before the podcast or during the podcast um and you know the banter bowl is a, po- a part where we do showcase stories personalities and some funny moments that have happened in our lives and you know Kyle supposedly crapping his pants while driving, which we would love to hear about. And we know we got that as a user submission. We didn't get that yeah. submitted by um, Johnny Gregoric um, at the Jet, but we got that from a fan. So Kyle, you you crapped your pants while driving.
1: Isn't this a running podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was a, a NASCAR First podcast. All,
3: <laughs> no swearing, David. Yeah. <laughs> I said, My try. mother might
1: listen to this. <laughs> Pooping, David. Uh, you poop. You poop. You,
0: secreted in your pants
1: um i think every person will have one point in their life in which they think they can hold it and they find out that they cannot and mine came a little earlier in life than maybe yours will but i'm just gonna say that your time will come
2: <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> um so did did asics file for bankruptcy after they made you that pair of spikes johnny <laughs> did we do anything? We didn't prep for the banter bowl. I'm oh,
1: gonna Google they, both of them go, really did they quick.
3: File for bankruptcy?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, don't, I don't even understand like where the like. I don't understand. <laughs> no, I don't think so.
2: It's fine. They just make they just make uh, spikes for four or six milers these days. <laughs> I wish I wish Brooks did that.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are really hung up on that time.
2: <laughs> oh no, um, I, I just don't know y'all oh, it was a mile. okay i was in the yeah. jeans oh okay i should be able to be able to realize why you ran such a slow mile time for a 349 miler you know
3: <laughs> oh you oh you because you were saying you did the the jeans aspect of it you weren't sure yeah, I, I want
2: to. I just, I, I, did watch it to be fair. You had a lot of people watching it. Was it was, oh, it, was, hey, it, was a, it was a great race. I just wish we could speak about it, really.
3: Oh no, I, I'm glad to talk about the Blue Jean Mile. I just was, I didn't want it to become the focus here. <laughs> it was a wonderful event, and it was a lot of fun. And I'm glad you watched. I appreciate it.
2: Oh, okay. well I'll, I'll live the pressure oh, oh wait are you gonna hit me all right yeah quick question. i'm just wondering if you
1: think you are the heaviest person to ever break four minutes in the mile
2: i actually i i haven't spoken about this and this is this is actually true i in my in my freshman year in college i ran 359.98 and i had to be like north of 190 so if anyone if anyone can say that they were around there then you know fair enough but yes I would say I'm actually kind of proud of it yeah no that's
1: absolutely
3: a badge of honor that's so cool
1: on the indoor boards, we can really hear you coming. <laughs> yeah,
3: the ground shakes, and I'm just crying as you come around. To <laughs> oh, my
1: God! Boom, boom,
2: boom. You definitely <laughs> didn't hear me in 2017, to be fair, Johnny, because I may have got knocked out in the first round of Worlds by a significant oh. amount. Dang. But yeah. these things happen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I'm slender young, for yeah. this race this weekend. I'm slender.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm to see
1: it. 1K. 1K. So, David, when when you need to, like, pick things up that are heavy, do you have to call Josh? Or (laughs) are you maybe the weakest sub-4-minute miler of all time?
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I typically... I wouldn't call Josh because Josh is the one guy on our team that doesn't do any weights because he just decides to skip out on them because when he's in Albuquerque, um, everyone's doing their core routine and weight routine after practice. But Josh just texts the group saying, all right, good practice today, guys, because no one's there to keep Josh accountable to do weights. So I would not call um, Josh. But being the weakest teammate, I would probably call Ali Ostrander because I was in the weight room one time and I was like, that's what weight you're using? She's like, yeah, how much weight do you use? And I was like, less than that. And Then I just decided to do all my weights at Alio Strander weights, which made me significantly faster. Like that's that's when I started really running really well. So I'd probably call Alio when it came to lifting weights. Like no joke, she'll put your body into shape. So yeah, I'm the weakest on the team. Thanks, Kyle. Um, yeah, Josh, you want to hit the next one to take the pressure off them. You wrote this, and I'm not prepared for it, and I didn't even get
2: to do my research. Um. So Dave, uh, how many people do you you could name in, in the the NJ team. So to be fair, there's like
0: 30 people and I have a hard enough time remembering my graduating class from high school, which is the same number. Um but I know um Rob Ford. Wait, that's not his name. Rob Napolitano. Bad start. You got two. <laughs> Yeah, those are both wait Rob Ford? Rob Ford's a guy? No <laughs> Ford
1: Thomas. <laughs> yeah You're just accidentally getting people. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. Tired, like. yeah. okay.
0: Um so there's, there's there I, I, I don't know if these guys are for. current. I don't know if these guys are current, past, present. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just gonna say the names that I know have affiliation. Um, Graham Crawford, Rob Napolitano, Jess Garn or Jesse Garn, um, Isaac Updike, uh, Kyle Merber, Johnny Gregoric. Those are two um, guys that people can forget. Um, then.
1: Whoever you don't name, we're going to hold against them. We're going to be like, Dave Ravish has never even heard of you. He's,
2: he's wrong. Oh, no,
0: There's the D3 guy that year. I have to remember. There's the D3 guy that I have to remember for the sake of... Um, isn't there a D3 guy? Yep.
1: D3? D3? You're yeah. D3. You're D2. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, man. Oh, I can't remember. Um, the time is yeah, so I got oh, seven so, of uh, 55 uh, people. So that's a pretty good... That's like, enough. That's
1: enough. <laughs> You got all the important ones, in me and Johnny.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, oh, and Frank. How do you say his name? Gagliano. Is that right? Yeah. There you the go. Godfather. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna take it off of you guys. We just want to know the story. You guys are both East Coast guys. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen in New York City?
3: Hmm, I would say just a lot of just a lot of public urination. <laughs> I, would say a, I would say it's just a. It's, all, it's the sum of just just fifty guys peeing on the street
0: not at the same time
1: no at different times but believe me okay. they're all compiled in my mind um i once saw a guy crap himself in his car on the west side highway
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you pull down the rear view mirror and you just say oh no <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah i mean new york city is uh you know it's a it's a concrete jungle and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes down. I'm, I'm going for a run there is a lot of fun. The next time you guys are in the city, we'll take you on that if it's if it's safe, we'll take you on a run we, you know, we could see we see all sorts of famous people in the park. It's great.
1: Yeah, there was a period in time in college where every single day we passed Liam Neeson at the same exact spot, like without yeah. It
3: would be like once it would be like It happens one, constantly. Or, yeah, or, yeah. If yeah. you ran right at a certain spot in a certain time we always see Liam Neeson walk by. <laughs> He you guys talk
2: never talked
3: to, talk to him? Or is he just Irish? Oh, yeah.
2: He's Irish. He's Irish. Yeah. During that season, Meg, um article, you come out and say how excited you were to, to represent Team USA, the Edinburgh cross-country, Cal, And that's actually where I'm from. I'm from Edinburgh in Scotland and, uh, you know, a great country, great event. I would have been racing there as well at the same time, just maybe in the under-13s. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you go on then in that, you know, you're like, you know, You know, I love that event. You know, I I like to, you know, create my own event and stuff. And you said, you know, having someone pick you up at the airport, especially in a country where you don't speak the language will make life a lot easier. And, you know, I just wanted to let you know that Scotland, they speak English there. Um, (laughs) I
1: I think maybe I was referring to the time in Italy I got left at the airport, but uh, (laughs) luckily in Edinburgh, um, which I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I know it's really, you really fade off at the end of the word Edinburgh. And
2: That's, that's a great one.
1: Uh, I loved it though. I thought it was such a. Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edinburgh. Um, I thought it was such a quaint city. Like it, it, it's not that big. I felt like I was able to walk around and see it all, but there was still a lot going on. And it was really pretty and people were nice. And uh, yeah, I would recommend living there and being from there.
2: Yeah, you guys were right. I can imagine you guys were staying right in the middle of town So yeah, I can imagine there's a lot going on and you know that event is great, but it's not in Edinburgh anymore So
1: yeah, there was I mean the weather there is really something
2: but it gets you gets you down
1: gets you tough (laughs) I know
0: we slotted you guys for uh, like a six-hour segment So we're gonna start to slowly wrap it up and get you guys on your way to your group massage therapy session Um, and so there's two parts left that I want to ask. Josh, um, this is in relation to Johnny's uh, blue jean mile, um, but more so directed towards you. Would you do a kilt mile? Would you try to set a, a kilt mile time? Because that could be pretty interesting because I feel like you get a little bit more airflow in there. You could just wear some like compression shorts, but I don't think they'd be as restricting.
2: I don't know. If I got a good pair of Asics spikes, I reckon I could give it a go. But I'm not. I'm not sure if Brooks would be down with it. Now we'll see. I, I. I mean, this. If this season's gonna be good for anything, it'll be a kilt mile world record. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll Maybe give it a go.
1: What do What do you, what do you wear under all? there? Nothing. Really? At all? No, you yeah, wear like. A
2: it's, it definitely. It definitely wears you down. Wait, well,
0: you actually don't wear anything underneath it?
2: No. It
1: wears you down.
2: It, it definitely chafes you down. Oh, man. Wow. Is there a special it, type of shoe
1: that you wear when you run and kill? Clogs, or right? Like, you
2: wear clogs. No. So, yeah, yeah, there is a is. It's got like the laces come up your leg. So, the there's there's this, there's this long joke that, you know, the, the, Scottish, the Scottish kind of traditional outfit is as opposite to the English traditional suit as you can get, where they would wear trousers, we would wear a kilt. You know they would wear short socks we'd wear long socks and then they would they would have their laces tied on their shoes and we'll have them tied up our leg and you know they'd wear a long tie we'd wear a bow tie and you know so we're we're, we're just going the opposite of the english really but uh, it, you normally wear it to weddings so when you're dancing around it you get a lot of flappage and you know it's, it's just it's just part of the experience really i
3: mean if there's anything i learned
1: from the movie braveheart it's that you guys in the english you,
2: know, awesome. <laughs> you gotta hate <laughs>
1: Let's just hope that the day that you can't hold it in, you're wearing a kilt. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're uh,
0: we're good to start slowly wrapping it up. And at this time, we ask you guys if you have any banter that was not said and or you could not think of off the top of your head that you would like to really towards the host, Josh and I, um, because we have ripped you guys a good one.
1: You just want us to throw an insult out right now?
0: I mean that yeah, unprompted, totally unpressured insult um, to really get the the viewers and the fans um, laughing about it on their run.
1: Oh man! I hope I never have to do this podcast again. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: really, uh, I don't know. I I you know what? I really do pride myself. I'm usually pretty good at uh, coming up with <laughs> like, mean things to say. <laughs> but I feel pretty good about. It. I feel like I'm in a happy mood. I feel happy to be here and this, to you guys.
2: <laughs> so much.
0: All right, guys. Typically, at the end of the episode, um, we let you guys name it. Um, I'll say three, two, one, and you guys can name the episode. Unsure what that'll be, but we'll see if your brains can come together um, for a good name. So, if you guys are ready, I'll count you down, and we'll get the name going. Ready. Are you guys ready? Okay. Um, three, two, one.
1: Three great Milers and David Ribbich podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you
2: guys um, are in so sync.
0: You guys are in sync in love. Um, we really appreciate you guys taking out of. Uh, taking t- i can't even speak right now josh you can
2: do an outro you don't even have an answer to that that's fine so dave, dave's obviously not a very good miler so we'll just we'll it <laughs> we'll without dave needing to needing to even have a comment on it so you know it's been fantastic speaking to you guys you know great personalities in the sport and that's why we we, we watch you on the podcast nothing to do with your running abilities and uh we've had a we've had a great time today and, and hopefully we haven't ruined any friendships with with some of the banter we've thrown your way
1: i'm gonna just <laughs> You guys mean things for the rest of the day as I think (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of something. You idiot. How about this? <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, yeah, again, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. This will probably be the least successful episode yet, but I'm sure Absolutely. our parents will enjoy it.
2: <laughs> he wants to kick <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's, Let's
3: go, Craig. All right, here's David Ribbage.
1: Josh Kerr.
3: David Ribbage. Josh Kerr's for real.
0: Josh
3: Kerr on,
1: on the, the outside. Way up front now is David Ribbage.